0: This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by The Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. There's a popular atlas for medical geneticists that shows the physical features of children born with inherited genetic birth defects. Maximilian Munke, chief of the Medical Genetics Branch at the National Human Genome Research Institute at the National Institutes of Health.
1: The main atlas that exists now uh, is an atlas that is called Recognizable Patterns of Human Malformation. And that is the textbook. It's the Bible, the Torah, whatever you want to call it, for all clinical geneticists around the world. And it's a wonderful book. I cannot stop singing the praises of it.
0: There is, though, a problem with the Atlas.
1: But what it does is, to the, the overwhelming majority, I would say, over 95% of the photos are of children of Northern European descent, of of white children in essence.
0: And this matters. For a genetic disease like Down syndrome, the distinguishing facial features in Northern Europeans or those of Northern European descent are not necessarily the same as those, say, in Southeast Asians. The fact that there's no major atlas that includes the wide varieties of physical manifestations of features means that children with a particular syndrome might not get recognized early by their doctors. Doctors use their own training in recognizing birth defects as an early warning system. And that early warning system can be crucial.
1: Because if you can diagnose them early, what it means is you can anticipate or rule out associated anomalies. So, for example, in a newborn with Down syndrome, where there is frequently a cardiac defect, a heart defect, you would want to have a pediatric cardiologist look
0: at the child So Dr. Munke and two of his colleagues devised a plan, create a free online atlas, easily available to pediatricians and medical geneticists around the world, that includes photos of children with particular genetic syndromes from all the continents.
1: You can search it for a region. You can search it for, show me photos of children who have a genetic syndrome in sub-Saharan Africa, in Southeast Asia, in the southern part of South America or you can search it for, I have a child who has a hole in the heart, let's say a ventricular septum defect, and I want to see in what syndromes does a ventricular septum defect, when when does that occur, and then see photos of children with all the different syndromes, and then in an ideal world recognize my patient who comes from this country here and from this ethnic background has similarities to this child,
0: The trio of medical geneticists then consulted with bioethicists at the NIH, beginning a year-long process of teasing out the potential pitfalls of the project. Sarah Hull is a bioethicist at the NIH and one of the authors of the accompanying
2: commentary on the new atlas in the journal Genetics and Medicine. I was glad that they reached out to us and that we had some resources available in terms of expertise to be able to to help them with this, because I, I realized pretty quickly there are some important issues that, that it would be uh, helpful to to think through related to both how you respect the, the individual patients who would be included in a resource like this, whose photographs would be included, but then some some bigger picture issues as well when it comes to, to setting up a photographic atlas or a catalog of this nature.
0: First of all, there's a history of the misuse of photographs of different ethnic groups.
2: There are a lot of examples, um, especially... In the, I'm, I'm most aware of ones in the, the 1900s, where a, a sort of science, or we understand now, it was more of a, a pseudoscience or um, mistaken notions of uh, related to eugenics and racial hygiene uh, in Nazi Germany in the United States and in other places around the world, where these movements actually made catalogs of images of people to sort them according to their fitness.
0: Of course, this project is completely different and has an entirely benign and benevolent intent. Still, says Dr. Hall,
2: we worked with our colleagues to make sure we were very clear to understand what the benefits of the catalog that they were proposing were. And we became convinced that the the purpose of this new project. is completely different than what the purpose, the underlying purpose was of those historical projects. But it was still important. So even once we established that, we still wanted to make sure that we could avoid the misuse of the current resource to people who might not share the same goals as my colleagues here at the NIH.
0: One solution, the Atlas can be searched by region of the world, but not by ethnic group. While someone may choose to identify as, say, Thai, The searchable label will be Southeast Asia, or, if the individual lives in the U.S., North America. Then, says Dr. Hull, there's a second issue.
2: The Internet is pretty widely available, and so the proposal is to make a resource that's available through the Internet. And that addresses an important accessibility problem, but it also raises a really important privacy problem. A lot of times these photographs are going to have to be of people's faces. A lot of times the features that physicians need to understand are related to facial features that are going to be very identifiable. And masking them would actually hide, I mean, the things that we do to mask somebody's identity, a a gray bar or things like that actually hides the most important thing that a physician would need to understand to be able to screen and, and better be able to diagnose a patient. So, Making sure that patients or their parents, because many of these patients will be children, actually really understand what that means and are okay with that, that they have a chance to uh, voluntarily decide to participate based on their understanding of the risks to them personally, I think was a really important issue that we wanted to underscore. They've emphasized the need for an easily understandable,
0: clear consent process.
2: We actually resisted being too prescriptive about what the consent process should actually look like, because we think it's really important for the process to be developed with input from the local communities where these patients will be seen and where uh, physicians and other collaborators are going to be helping to build this resource. Because we think they'll be in the best position to know how to explain the Internet and and how to address the concerns that those populations might have in a consent process. So our recommendation was to, to engage with each of the local communities that are going to be involved to develop the right kind of process that ensures that individual patients or their parents or representatives who will be making decisions on behalf of those patients really kind of have the information that they would need to, to make a good decision. Dr. Hull believes that the process has led to a good result. So I think fundamentally this fills a really important social and, and clinical purpose. And I, I hope and I think that with the, the recommendations in place, that it will achieve those goals without some of the problematic trade-offs actually materializing that uh, we might be worried about.
0: Dr. Munke and his colleagues have partnered with physicians around the world, incorporating their ideas and input. They'll begin to roll out the atlas this month, May 2016, with two common genetic syndromes. Photos will be provided from doctors around the world with the full consent of the patients or parents. So I would hope that
1: this website will become well-known, that colleagues who have submitted the photo will go back to the website and look at it, will find it as a useful tool, that then there is this process by word of mouth that people will see, ah, I did not know what my child had, nay, I thought it was this syndrome, but it looks more like this syndrome. And so that, in essence, geneticists, or for that matter, more likely pediatricians around the world will look at this website and find it to be useful, that they can make a diagnosis in their patient that they have based on the photos that they see on the website.
0: And then over time, they'll expand the atlas and include more and more syndromes. It will be, they hope, a living site that will help support doctors and patients around the world. Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by The Nature Publishing Group. I'm Cynthia Graber.